the end of the Gospel of Matthew, the Great Commission. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, 28, I mean. Matthew 28, and then we'll read this passage and then we'll uh, go forward from here. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the end of the age. So we are going to take some time. Again, we're not going to go specifically through a uh, book of the Bible, but we're going to ponder some things that God's been laying on my heart about um, some of the most central things I can understand at this point in my life about what it means to be a Christian and what um, we're to do down here with the time we have left. And I wanted to mention too, as a church family, we just had uh, three individuals in our community that we laid to rest. And we've had uh, some dear friends that have moved on to other locations, not just heaven, but uh, geographically too, Alan Ruth and others. And so in our church family, in a sense, we may not be aware of this, our grieving and the uh, strain that that can be in the transition. So um, I want to just be mindful of that for us as a church family and continue to um, pray as, as God takes us through this, wades us through this season of life. Hmm. And I'm in that one of those transitions myself as the pastor, because usually it's so aware that I'm supposed to be in this particular book of the Bible. But so but what God's laid on my heart today has been something I've been working on a long time too. And so I'm going to continue with what I started last week. I'm going to put the chairs up here, and, and Troy's going to kind of help us on the board, because I know you can't see what I wrote down way in the back, and it's okay. You can take a... Thank you, Phil. Take a piece of paper, and uh, on the back of your bulletin there, there's some space to make some notes. But I want to see, just to give us a little picture, and to continue to paint the picture of what the privilege is that God has for us. So the idea of, uh, of your life and my life, that we're to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we're to have a living relationship with Jesus, we're to seek first His kingdom. And we're to continue to grow and develop in our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And as a human being, it's both there's personal growth that will happen in your life and there's public growth. There's personal things that you'll do in your own personal life, in your own prayer time, in your own study of the Word. And then there's going to be public times when God's going to use you to pray for somebody. God's going to use you to encourage somebody, share 
the word with them. And so in the big picture, you're going to take a look and say, this, so this is what is. This is we start with what is the current status of your life, the current status of my life. If you're still breathing and you understand that God is sovereign, then he has purpose for you. And as a disciple, as a Christian, as a living being, maybe you don't understand it at this time. You might be in a place of confusion. You may be in a valley. You may be on a mountaintop where you can see over and the options before you are myriad. That's, that's just the what is, the current status. And then the what will be and the what should be or the what could be. I didn't want to just land on one particular thing because the future is out there and we participate in it by the choices we make. There's consequences for glory and there's consequences for trouble by the choices we make. And so that's what will be, what should be, what could be. And what, what will be, will be. But is it what it could be and is it what it should be as you think about it? And so in the middle is would be the steps. And that's basically... Uh, a strategic plan to achieve whatever your objective is, your goal. And we're going to look at all kinds of things that you can possibly do. But even this, this morning, when I'm finalizing this, I'm realizing, you know what? Anytime you start to think about the plans of men, the plans of mice and the plans of men, right? God can come and change direction, and it's basically how do you and I submit and cooperate and keep in step with the Holy Spirit? Okay? So I'm going to just going to take a simple thing. Say, what is? And, and the, the objective is to run a marathon. Okay? So then you look at where are you at today if, you're going to, if your goal would be to run a marathon. Are you ready to start tomorrow? to line up and be at the starting block of Grandma's Marathon? Or do some things need to take place before you would be in that marathon? You might think, well, there's no possible way I can run a marathon. But that might stop you right there. You say, well, it's not for me. Too old, too young. And uh, But I want you to lay this out because when we get to the bigger picture, of what we're looking at, you're taking it for anything in life. What's the status of the situation now? What's the objective? Basically, what will be, what should be, what could be? And then the steps to get there. And you start to look at, say, wait, maybe I recognize and I wrote down just a, a list, a list of things that were possibilities, okay? And they're possibilities of endless because you're an individual walking with God. And unless you're laying your life before God and asking Him for direction, you might not get the direction you need. You might take a, a detour. But we're trying to listen to what God has for you as an individual person. So when we look at this marathon, what do we need to do? Maybe you go, well, I can't run a marathon because I don't have the right shoes. Well, people have used that for an excuse, right? I don't have the right shoes. Well, can you walk a block in the shoes you have? Can you? Can you walk a block in the shoes you have? Yes, you can. And can you walk a mile in the shoes you have? And then maybe 
a week from now, you're going to get your shoes, but at least you can begin. We know what we ought to do. There's things in your life right now that you know what you ought to do. Why have you not been doing them? And just like me, we come up with all kinds of excuses. But the Holy Spirit says, um, Jesus himself said, My sheep know my voice, and they listen, and they follow me. So we're to listen to the voice of God, and we're to go forward. You might say, well, I can't run a marathon because I don't know which one. There's probably a marathon in every state in the United States, and I know there's uh, some across the world, right? So which one? Does that really matter? If you're going to get up in the morning and walk your first block on your way to becoming a marathon runner or to get the shoes? So you might say, well, I don't know when the marathon is. Well, so all those things might be questions, but basically they're hindrances because what you have already, you have what it takes to start. And so whatever your objective is, maybe it's reading through the Bible. You go, well, I don't have one of those uh, charts that tell me what to read. Do you have a Bible? Can you turn to Genesis 1? So that might be your objective to read through the Bible. Well, what is right now? You haven't done it before. You haven't read the Bible before. Well, start. And then basically the next day, read the next word. If you say in, read the next word the next day. Beginning. Read the next word the next day. And you'll be on your way to accomplishing the goal. Right? So you have to start. So you have to start, whatever it is. Maybe it's um, you want to take a class. We talked about that. Well, you have to narrow it down because there's lots of different classes. But what can you do today to know that you can move forward? Pay off your mortgage. Plant a garden. Get healthy. Read through the Bible. Take a mission trip. Go to college. Make friends. Learn an instrument. And you say, well, I don't have an instrument. Well, how long before you get one? Can you borrow your neighbors? Can you come over here? If it's the piano, I'll open the building for you. Come to practice. Find somebody with a piano. Do what you know is the next step that you can do. Find a spouse. Build a deck. Host a Bible study. The thing is, do what you ought to do. Okay, and we're, we're going somewhere with this, but first you find out what is. And all of us have things in our hearts and our minds that we probably know what we ought to do, but we haven't been doing it. And we've been talking ourselves out of it or making excuses and reasons, right? So then what will happen? What should be will never be. What could be will never be. What will be will be. You'll stay the same place a year from now. And nothing will be further accomplished in your life or God's kingdom. And so you can walk a mile in the shoes you have. You can go to the fridge, open it up, and close it before you take anything out. You can just start to do things. And so what I in the middle part, I just said, you can't read this, but it says a strategic plan to achieve the goal. Something simple. Something measurable. It has to be measurable. And it has to be attainable, at least in the start of it. 
You say, I got to get out of this situation I am. I'm grumpy. Well, that's what is. At least you know that. Look down the road and say, what should be? I shouldn't be so grumpy. How will I stop being so grumpy? Well, first of all, I need to repent and I need to get my attitude before God and lay it out before Him and say, God, I'm grumpy. And He'll say, yeah, I know. And so do all your friends. So then He'll give you a plan and... um you begin to work on that plan. So you do what you know you ought to do. And then basically, you just do what you can. Do what you can. So we started with the, the, the section in Scripture where it says, All authority has been given to me, Jesus. Go and make disciples. Now listen. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm not here to shame anybody. If the Holy Spirit of God uses whatever I have to say to rebuke you, correct you, encourage you, that's His business. But we all should know that the business of being a Christian is to make disciples. To be a disciple and then to make disciples. And so you say, well, how do I do that? Well, I would start by praying. I would start by Doing what you know you ought to do. And it's a million things. That, I mean, the variety of things that it could be. But the objective is that you would use your life that God has given you to influence and affect another person's life toward Christ-likeness. Toward the objective of growing the kingdom of God, of being obedient to God. Just do what you can. Start. None of us know exactly how God's going to map your journey out in being a disciple and making disciples. But we move from being a follower of Jesus to being a friend of Jesus. I no longer call you a servant, but I call you friends. And so there's a movement. Everybody... Um, I don't have this on the board, but on the bottom of the board, I wanted to draw a negative 10. So that this, imagine is somewhere in your life, you've been far, far from Christ. Negative 10. Then there's a zero when you're on your way toward Christ. And way over here would be maturity in Christ. So I don't care what your goal is to take a class, to memorize a verse, to... Um, learn an instrument, to lose some weight, to find a friend, to change your attitude. But ultimately, the biggest goal and the only thing that's worthy of any of our time and energy is making disciples. And so all we need to do is say, Lord, how do I make disciples? Who in my life can I move toward Jesus? And God already has people in your life and in my life that don't know Jesus. Maybe they're at a 10. They don't even want his name mentioned. A negative 10. There's no Jesus. N-O. And you're going to move them toward K-N-O-W. That they would know Jesus. And then you would help them move way over here to where they're, they not only know Jesus, but they're filled with Jesus and Jesus is pouring out of them. And Jesus is putting them in strategic places in other people's lives so that they might know Jesus. So every one of us are somewhere on this spectrum. But when you think about a plan and steps, all this is just um, 
foolishness in the sense of God is sovereign and He wants to do in your life to help you to become a disciple and a disciple maker. To move where you are in your own personal life, to move you closer to Jesus, and then in your public life to move others who you bump up against closer to Jesus. And so as I was pondering this, there's basically five areas. Prayer, the Word, fellowship, worship, and evangelism. And there might be more, but when you start thinking about the Christian life and making disciples, I would ask you, how's your prayer life? And you might say, well, here's what my prayer life is. My prayer life is, I come to church on Sunday, and you remind me that I should be praying. Okay, let's start there. But then maybe you either write on your hand, put a little bracelet on, have somebody call you. You should probably pray maybe twice a week instead of just once a week. Okay, you start there, and then you develop your own prayer life, and that, and then you, and you're moving in along the same contingent, a strategic plan to achieve your goal. Well, I'm going to use the word pray, and I'm going to make an acrostic for myself. Whatever it is you need to do to grow in your prayer life, if you thought that was important, if you thought that that may be something Christians should do. But you can and you will grow as you move forward. And then what you know, you, knew, you do the next best thing. You do what you know you ought to do. When you encounter somebody and you're talking to them on the phone and you're getting to the end of the conversation and they've just asked you or shared with you something that's a burden on your heart, you're like getting nervous and you're going to go, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask them if I can pray for them before we hang up. You just moved. You just moved the dial a little bit. I was in a restaurant the other day with this amazing guy I had a privilege to have lunch with. So the waiter comes over to our table, and the waiter's taking our order. And he looks up to the waiter and he says, Listen, we're about to pray for our meal. What can I pray for you for? And the waiter just beamed, you know, and I'm thinking, Wow, that was so simple. I've never done that. But, I mean, it fit in just, it was so natural. And the, so the waiter shared, you know, I, I hope this job works out for me. It may be their first job. And I thought, wow, so that challenged me. So, hon, we need to go out to eat so I can talk, so I can talk to a, a waiter. But, I mean, it wasn't that simple. So what you, and then you take, so you, you take that area of prayer and maybe you're going to find somebody and you prayed with them before, or you heard them pray, and you go, you know what? I think they, I think they have this down a little more than I do. And you're not going to mimic them, but they can encourage you. So maybe you spend some time with them. You say, hey, you know what? Can can we meet once in a while and just help help me learn how to pray better? Okay, so that would be one area. Then you take the the Word of God. Maybe you're saying, you know, I would like to read through the entire Bible in a year. I've never done that. Well, that's a private matter. If you want to read through the Bible, you think that's a good idea, start with Genesis 1-1 in the beginning, and then you just figure out strategically, measurably, how you're going to do that. 
Then you take a, think about uh, studying the Word, not just reading the Word, but studying the Word. There's so much opportunity online. If you want to do a Word study, you want to do a chapter study, you want to do a sweeping study from beginning to the end. And then what about, we mentioned last week, what about memorizing? Maybe you want to memorize, and I know I mentioned the book of Titus. A couple simple chapters. You were going, whoa, a couple simple chapters. Well, over a year's time, maybe over a year and a half time, take a little card, write the verse, so you and, and take it with you and pull it out of your pocket while you're waiting in line at the grocery store. But it's a plan, and you move forward, and you're memorizing Scripture. And then what about obeying Scripture? Maybe you've got hundreds of verses memorized, but you don't practice any of them. You don't need to memorize another verse. Please don't memorize another verse. Practice the ones you already know. So then Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so maybe with the word part for you, you're in that place and say, wow, you know what? I've been waiting for the shoes. When I, become, when I get my new set of shoes, then I'll become a marathon runner. Never going to happen. You need to walk in the shoes you have right now. So wherever you're at in your time with the Word, maybe you don't have a time um, that you spend in the Word and you set aside this particular time. This is my precious time in God's Word and I guard it. Maybe that's where you're at. You're in the beginning of that process. Well, do that. Okay, then fellowship. Okay, Fellowship is basically focusing specific attention and or action on the glory and the goodness of God while you're with other people. Okay? So fellowship isn't necessarily just hanging out with somebody. Fellowship is that you building each other up in the Lord. That might be you go together to serve somebody else. It might be that you go together and you're praying for each other. You go together, you're starting a passage of Scripture. But it just means that we, Scripture says that we build one another up. We should spur one another on to love and good deeds. So you put that in the plan. You go, what is right now? You know what? I have very little fellowship. That might be your situation. And you're way over here. And you even you might know Jesus. You might just know his name. You might know something about him. But you have no fellowship. Well, what are you going to do about that to move this way? To move toward greater fellowship, deeper fellowship, real fellowship, powerful fellowship, transforming fellowship. Then the next one is worship. Again, worship, it, it, it can't be limited to 20 minutes in the morning when we sing a couple songs. And then it can't be limited to out of those songs we sing, the two that I like. That's not worship. Worship is focusing attention on the glory and goodness of God, whether it's through action or attitude, or mind, and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. So then you look and you say, well, where am I at? What is it? What's the current status of my worship? Maybe I'm way off the page over here at a negative 20. I mostly grumble about God. I tell Him my problems. I don't worship Him very often. So, well, how are you going to move from here, where you're at? Do what you ought to do. When you wake up in the morning, you find out you're still on earth. Thank God. 
When you go to the fridge and you see there's food in there, thank God. When you go to work and you still have a job, thank God. That's worship. It's part of worship. Learn a song. Write your own. Grow in worship. And the last one, so I think uh, prayer, word, fellowship, and worship would lead a person to what would be called evangelism. And you can define it in a lot of different ways, but basically it just means that you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, the work of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ with others, not just with Christians. That would be fellowship. Evangelism is, okay, and I'm, I'm with you on this. I am totally with you on this. You have to enter in and to step across the page into where non-believers either live or move or have their being, talking on the phone with them, meeting them in the grocery store and say, Lord, help me. I'm going to venture out. I'm going to mention your name in a relationship I have with a person that maybe I haven't told them about you. So maybe you're way over there, negative 10. You've never talked to anybody about Jesus. Well, what ought you to do? Start where you're at. And don't say, well, I can't talk to anybody because I'm not Billy Graham. I tried using that. Look where I ended up. Okay? <laughs> I said that to God all the time. I can't do that. And he says, well, let's practice. And so basically the whole middle thing is just practice. Practice prayer. Practice worship. Practice fellowship. Practice evangelism. Just practice. Do what you know you ought to do. And whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart. So basically, you're just doing, um, just do what you can. And you start there and you let God take you on this journey. And before you know it, because you don't, you know, one of the things we learn about trusting God, He's in charge. And the more we trust Him, the more we're available to Him, and the more He does things we don't even know He's doing. And to one, we're the smell of death, Scripture says, and to other, we're the smell of fresh bread. Who is equal to such a task? That's what Scripture says. But we have to... Be earnest about being responsive to Jesus. Okay? He said, go and make disciples. So whatever it is we're doing, okay? Whatever it is that we occupy our time with and our energy with, if we're not making disciples, we're fundamentally disobedient. We're fundamentally disconnected from, from the purpose of God sending His Son. You did not choose me, but I chose you to go and bear fruit. And you've been gifted to go and bear fruit by God in ways you don't even know yet, in ways you can't even imagine, but start to walk it out. Do what you can. So I would just a simple invitation then. Okay, when, you're, when we're talking about making disciples, and I'll close with this because it looks like i got four minutes left. So you find somebody, you bump into somebody, Maybe you already know somebody. And they're way over here at a negative 10. They, there's no Jesus. N-O. 
Not K-N-O-W, but there's no Jesus. Well, start to pray for that person. And start to pray for yourself that you'll be available to God to use if that's the person. You don't know that. You might assume it. And God may say, no, that person was somebody else's privilege. You're, you have this other person that you've been avoiding. <laughs> okay? So then you just, maybe something simple. Invite them over for a meal. Invite them to cut wood. Whatever it is that you would do that is part of your life. Find them on their turf even. Go visit them. Bring them a pie. And then just practice the next best thing. What God puts in front of you in making disciples. And you will find out that you yourself are going to grow. And that these other people, whether they grow or not, that's on them and that's between them and God. But you have the privilege of pointing to Jesus. And getting better at pointing to Jesus. Because you're practicing. Rather than waiting to buy the brand new Reeboks so you can start your journey as a marathon runner and you're saving your money and weeks go by and months go by and all of a sudden uh, I found a better use for that money. Didn't really want to run a marathon. Start walking with the shoes you have. You have and I have people in my life, in your life, that need Jesus And we are supposed to be making disciples. We can do it because God will give us the leading and the guiding. God will equip us. And that's what we're there for. I would would venture to say that if you're frustrated with your life, could be that your life was for something much more making disciples, pointing others to Jesus, finding people that are far from Him and bringing them in any way, shape, or form by the privilege of walking with Jesus to bring them closer to Him. That's what we get to do as a body, corporately, and that's what we get to do as individuals. Let's pray. Lord, if you looked at my calendar, is there room on my calendar for making disciples or just keeping busy? Lord, I just ask again and afresh and anew for us this morning that we would be about kingdom business. And kingdom business is making disciples. It's moving ourselves in submission and cooperation with You, following Your commands, following Your lead, keeping in step with Your Spirit, and then drawing and pointing and loving on people. We want to be about doing that, Father. Thank You for the privilege and the opportunity we have to walk this walk out In Jesus' precious name.